All right, take your Bibles and turn to Ecclesiastes. We'll be in chapter 8 to start today. Ecclesiastes chapter 8. I'm sure at some point in your life someone's come to you and said this to you. I have good news and I have bad news. Which do you want first? How many choose the bad news first? All right. How many choose the good news first? How many choose to ignore and just forget about reality and just, uh, I don't want either, all right? Okay. I guess that could be a choice. Well, if you're, those who choose the bad news first, welcome to Ecclesiastes, all right? That's where we're at. And the preacher starts out in his message, very, verse number two says, Vanity, vanity, all is vanity, saith the preacher. Vanity of vanity, saith the preacher. So it's just all about vanity and vexation of the Spirit at the very beginning. For the first few weeks, we've been talking about uh, this dark backdrop of Ecclesiastes where uh, we talked about this vexation, and, and, and he had several dead ends that he tried, like finding fulfillment in pleasure and possessions and all these things. He just couldn't find what he was looking for. And when he got to a certain point in his life, he, it was empty. And he got somewhere else, and it was empty, and it was empty, and it was empty. And he has this dark backdrop. And if I was really good at my job, we'd be here on Thanksgiving Day, and we'd start the good news section. I'm not good at my job. We have one more week of bad news. So happy Thanksgiving. Let's look at Ecclesiastes and some more uh, bad news. Uh, from the, It's not really bad news. It's just a reality check is what we've called it. And the idea here is this is how life works under the sun. And so if you take eternity out and take God out of the picture, how does this world run? If we just look at life at this time period of your life and uh, on earth, What's life like? And so we going through several things. We're going to look at these two uh, ideas throughout the, the, the body of this message about this, of this letter, Ecclesiastes. And the one is to things you just got to embrace. You just got to accept. This is, how, this is reality. And then next week we'll begin the things that we get to enjoy. And we'll start seeing some bright lights here uh, that we can enjoy. Even under the sun, there's some things that you can enjoy. Even if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, there's some things that you can enjoy about life. And they're kind of brought out here in the book of Ecclesiastes. And then we'll get to the final chapter of Ecclesiastes where it all... And most of you know where we're going with this if you studied your Bible. We're going to get there and talk about uh, the conclusion of the whole matter. So that's kind of where we're going. But right now, we're kind of finishing up this idea of things we just need to embrace. We looked at a couple uh, last week. Uh, we embrace the season of life. There's different seasons. We're going into the fall season. It's pumpkin spice latte season, all right? And so uh, that's for some of you that I took my first sip of pumpkin spice latte this week. Didn't do anything for me. But anyway, that's the season that we're in. And uh, so it's a fall season. Uh, but we understand in life there's seasons. Sometimes they're easy seasons and sometimes difficult seasons. But you got embrace the fact that that's the way it is. The rest of your life, there's a season to life, and there's these ups and downs and this flow to life. And then we talked about embracing the grind. There's a grind to life. There's a work that goes into life. It's, it's always going to be work and effort, and it never does. It's not just easy. Sometimes it's easy, but there's a, there's a grind to it, so we embrace that. All right. So look at chapter 8 and verse number 14. A few more things that we should embrace and accept. We'll read verse 14 of Ecclesiastes chapter 8. The Bible says, there is a vanity which is done upon the earth. So he says, here's, here's another vanity. Here's something that's empty. Here's something that will leave you kind of feeling empty in your, in your gut, if you think about it. Uh, that there be just men unto whom it happeneth according to the work of the wicked, 
Again, there be wicked men to whom it happeneth according to the work of the righteous. I said that this is also vanity. Do you hear what he's saying? Say, so sometimes wicked people get the rewards of the just, and sometimes just people get the raw end of the deal. And it just, that's the way life is. And we're going to talk about today embracing the injustice. There's a, sometimes an injustice, uh, an unfairness to life that we just got to accept. And we're going to pray, and we'll get into the bulk of the message here. Father, thank you for our time. Help me to convey the truth of this, uh, of your word in a way that would be helpful to every person here. Lord, maybe walk out of here understanding better the truth of your word. Thank you for allowing us to meet, to, to have freedom, and we are thankful for all that you've done for us. Thank you for dying for us and saving us and giving us a hope of eternal life. And no matter how dark it may get in this life, we are thankful that there's hope in eternity. In your name we pray. Amen. So <clears throat> he says there's a vanity that there's an unfairness. Have you ever been treated unfairly? I'm sure you have, right? Uh, your child comes to you and says, he, he, they say to you, that's not fair. What's your answer? Life's not fair. <laughs> we understand. We've, we've said it. We know it. We understand it. it it's true. And, and Solomon, this king who's looking at life, comes to the conclusion, I see this vanity that out there, like sometimes the righteous people get the bad deal and the, and the bad people get the good deal. How does that work? Why is that like that? It's just vanity. It's just emptiness. It's an unfairness to life. Uh, maybe you get blamed for something you didn't do. Maybe you got a speeding ticket when you really weren't really speeding that time. Maybe that happened to you. That happened to me. All right, so I was on, one time I was on the way to a funeral, and I got busted for speeding. I was late for a funeral. I thought that was a good excuse. I had a suit on. It, it looked legit. He didn't let me go. Anyway, uh, maybe you got passed over for a promotion at work. You thought you should have had it, and somebody who's less qualified than you got the promotion. I remember talking to some ladies in our church years ago, and they talked about, like, it's not about what you know and how good you are at your job. It's about how good you can schmooze the ball. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's about it's politics, right? And you think, oh, I'm working so hard, and I'm better at that job, and I deserve that, and I should get that, and you're treated unfairly. Uh, I've told a story. I won't tell the whole story, but I got, when I was in grade 8, I got kicked off the junior high basketball team for something I did not do at a Christian school among a bunch of Christians, and I felt like, I still feel to this day, I was treated unfairly by Mr. Brutes Whiskey, and I'm Matt, no, I mean, he's, he's my friend today, and we, it's not a big deal, I'm not bitter, honestly, a little bit maybe, but <laughs> anyway, it happens, it happens, and so life is unfair at times, it's going to happen at school, in job, in relationships, sometimes you're treated unfairly. You get the raw end of the deal. And, and Solomon's just kind of calling it out. He's like, just naming it. Yeah, it happens. Righteous get the bad deal, and the good, bad guys get the good deal. What? I don't know. This is vanity. That's how it is. Welcome to life in a broken world that's been broken by sin. This is how things run. It's not going to be. Kids, listen to me. When your parents say life's not fair, they're, not, they're, they're right and they're biblical, right? So even Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, wrote down for us, this is how it works. There's lots of injustice in the world. Lots of injustice in the world. In fact, if you, if you watch the news for any length of time and you let sink into your mind and heart what is happening on a daily basis around the world, it will make you heartsick every day. 
And I'm not saying that we should accept injustice and not do anything about it. In fact, I, I believe that if we know of injustice, we can have a part in helping to solve the injustice of this world. But also the Bible is telling us it, it, it is part of the world. There's, you, you can't feed the hungry because there, there are certain men in place that wouldn't let you get the food to the hungry. It's just an unfair world. This world is broken by sin. We live in it. And so don't be surprised when things, don't, when things aren't fair. Just don't be surprised. This is how it works. And, and understanding that should help us say, no, but here's a, an area that I, there's an injustice here and I can have a part in solving this. If you can, jump in because our God is a just God and a righteous God. And as we act like him, we should be working to being just and fair in our dealings and relationship. So if we can have part of a solution, I'm all for it. I'm just saying you can't solve. I say this all the time. It's one of my, my best dad jokes. I'm just out here solving the problems of the world. I had a bunch of guys over, we had to solve the problems of the world. I always pretend like we're, we're not solving the problems of the world. The world has so many problems. It's, in, it's unjust. It's not fair. Embrace that and understand that's how life works. Look at uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Turn back a chapter. These are some of my least favorite verses in the book of Ecclesiastes, I'll let you know. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 2, but they're there. So let's look at them. Ecclesiastes 7, verse 2. It is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. For that is the end of all men, and the living will lay it to his heart. Sorrow is better than laughter. For by the sadness of the countenance, the heart is made better. Mourning is better than feasting. Really? Not in my book, it's not. Like, not, well, I'd rather feast than mourn, but there's a truth here. And I mean, Ecclesiastes, again, he's looking at life under the sun. They're, we're taking God, remember that. If you don't get that, in fact, someone came to me this week and asked me a question about the book of Ecclesiastes, and the whole misunderstanding of someone came to his door and was trying to explain something different to him from a different uh, religion, different denomination, and the whole reason they un- misunderstood the verses in Ecclesiastes that they looked at, they weren't looking at life under the sun. Right? So we got to look at these verses as under the sun here on this earth. There's times in our life that mourning is better than feasting and sorrow is better than laughter. I'd say this, we put it this way, embrace the discomfort. There's some discomfort in this life. There's going to be times that, in fact, it's, t- it's good for you to be uncomfortable at times. If you can come to church week after week after week after week and hear the preaching of God's word and never feel a little bit uncomfortable about what you're doing and who you are and your relationship with God, that's not good. We ought to feel uncomfortable a bit because discomfort leads to growth. And that's what the, the verse, I think, is saying here. It says, especially in verse number three, it says uh, that sorrow is better than laughter, for by sadness of the countenance, the heart is made better. There's an improvement. There's a growth through times of sorrow and through times of mourning. The New Testament uh, backs this up. James chapter four, verse nine, be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. There's a happy, happy Thanksgiving verse for you. <laughs> Nobody puts, I've never seen that verse in anybody's house on a plaque, <laughs> right? Come into our house, <laughs> let their joy be turned to sorrow. Like, no, that, that's not the verses we post around our house, understandably so, but they're still biblical. And so there is a benefit to discomfort. 
I've been reading a book, I just read a book called um, Soundtracks. It's written by a Christian author, but not from a Christian perspective. It was big on the a bestsellers list. Anyway, he made this statement. He makes this statement every day to himself to kind of remind him. Feeling uncomfortable is just my, it's just my comfort zone having a hard time keeping up with where I'm going. If you're, if you're not ready to get out of your comfort zone once in a while, you're going to stay where you are. The way you, the way you grow is being uncomfortable. Yeah, I, working out, you got to be, if you're, if, you're at a, if you're working out and it's never uncomfortable, your muscles are never sore. Uh, I go to a, a boxing class, believe it or not. I'm, really, I'm sure it's pretty obvious that I'm a boxer. <laughs> but Jordy and the boys, there you go. And, and I, I, we go there on Saturday morning. That's very uncomfortable for me. That's not my comfort zone. I've never hit a man in my life. Jordy has hit multiple men multiple times in competition, in competition, all right? I have never. So in our class yesterday, we were practicing the clinch. So me and this guy I don't know <laughs> were locked up, <laughs> and I was trying to get my hand free and punch him. Very outside my comfort zone. But you know what? It's helping me grow. You got to get outside. And, and so let's take those, these uh, practical ways and put them in a spiritual sense. If you never step outside your comfort zone, there'll be no growth. Pastor Young has been preaching about find your purpose, find your purpose, find your purpose. You will not find your purpose until you're ready to be uncomfortable. You know how uncomfortable I was the first night I preached? I have the cassette tape to prove it. And you'll never hear it. It's locked away somewhere. So uncomfortable. I thought, what did I agree to do? What, what am I doing here? So uncomfortable. The first time they asked me to preach at a camp. So, I, 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 so uncomfortable. I, I don't want to do I, I want to want to do that, but I don't want to do that uncomfortable. Your growth, growth happens in times of discomfort. So embrace the discomfort. Step outside your comfort zone. That's when growth happens. And so as Pastor Young has been preaching to us, are we willing, are we ready to jump out of a comfort zone and do, try something? You can try something without signing up for the next year. You can do that. You can try it once, but get outside your comfort zone. Embrace the discomfort. Mark Twain said this, do something every day that you don't want to do. Mark Twain, you know, do something every day you don't want to do because it's uncomfortable for you. Get outside your comfort zone. So embrace this discomfort, this idea of mourning is better than feasting and sorrow is better than laughter because it leads to growth. Sometimes in those times, there, it, it's so uncomfortable you think, why did I step into this? And when you get on the other side, you think, I'm glad I stepped into that. But you got to get through it. You got to embrace the discomfort of life. One more thing. Take your Bible. Oh, right there in Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Look at verse number 5. It is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. Embrace the correction. Your life will be full of correction. Correction from God, correction from others. Embrace the correction. Embrace, if someone's willing to speak truth into your life that is, that, that is not comfortable, thank them. Be great. Kids, when your parents correct you, be thankful for it. I know it's hard now. Pastor, you almost talked about that in his message, about things when his parents would say no all the time and no all the time and no all the time. Now he looks back and says, I'm glad that they did. I understand the correction now. 
adults, you're not past the time of correction. God's still correcting. Others make need correction. Do, do you have anybody in your life close enough that can speak the truth in your life and correct you? Hopefully your spouse will be one of those. Husbands, embrace the correction of your wives. Wives, embrace the correction of your, I can't even say it without laughing. Embrace the correction. We ought to. I mean, we ought to be that way where we can talk and speak into each other's lives with correction. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 13. You don't need to turn there if you don't want to. But it says, Better is a poor and a wise child than an old and foolish king who will no more be admonished. If you're at the point where no one can tell you anything because no one can teach you anything and no one can correct you, you're a fool. <laughs> you better be, it better be a poor and a wise child than an old and a foolish king who won't take correction. Can't be Embrace the correction. Next time you come to church next Sunday, ask the Lord to step on your toes. Ask the Lord to correct you. God, you, use, use Pastor Yeomans, use the text, use the message, use the song, use something. Point it, show me the wicked way in my heart. I want to be corrected. I don't want to keep doing things wrong. And God, work in my heart. Embrace the correction. Are you a teachable person? That's one of the number one things we would look for uh, in staff members. Are they teachable? Some are interns. Some are interns. Some of them are here with us. Are you teachable? Are you ready to learn? I mean, I came here at 22 years old and working with Pastor Stone. I, I had to be corrected. I had to be taught. I had to learn. I, I had to come under authority. It's good to embrace the correction. It's borne out in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 5. Open rebuke is better than secret love. If someone secretly loves you and you don't know about it, it's better to have someone to openly rebuke you. Accept it. Even if it's, when someone criticizes you rather than corrects you, and there's a difference, ask yourself, is there any truth in their criticism? Can I learn? How they did it wasn't right. Where they did it wasn't right. When they did it wasn't right. Their attitude wasn't right. But is there any truth I can learn from that? That's embracing the correction. I, if I could be a better person because someone had a critique, if someone gives you some um, positive or, or uh, you know, tries to help you, accept that. Proverbs 27, verse 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. It's better to have a friend wound you than an enemy kiss you. That's what the Bible says. A friend comes to you and says, hey, you're not right here. This is not right. It's better than someone saying, oh, good job. Well done. You're doing so good. Kisses of an enemy are deceitful, but faithful are the wounds of a friend. How do you respond to correction and criticism? In fact, how you respond to correction and criticism will determine the direction of your life. Because it's going to happen. You're going, to be, you're going to be criticized, and you're going to be corrected. How do you respond? It'll determine how far you go. So embrace the correction. Embrace the discomfort of life. There's a discomfort to life. Embrace the fact that you're going to be treated unfairly. These are just things, the way it works, under the sun. Hey, there's a day when this world will pass away. We'll be in eternity with the Lord forever. No more injustice, no more discomfort, and no more correction. But until then, accept the fact that's how it works. 
embrace it. And as, as we embrace the way it works under the sun, we'll be able to live a life pleasing to God and we'll be able to now next Sunday enjoy some things of this life that God allows us to enjoy and we'll really get the truth of the conclusion of the whole matter. And so maybe I did do a good job. Maybe I'll leave you at a cliffhanger today. Come back next week and hear the good news. You got the bad news for the last four weeks, three weeks, four weeks we've been together. That's the bad news. Now we're going to turn the page and talk about some things that we can enjoy. And so let me challenge you this week. As you go through life, you get treated unfairly, you're uncomfortable. Let me challenge you. Are, are you just comfortable? Is your whole life built around making sure that you stay comfortable? Or is your life built upon the idea that you want to grow? Because those two statements are opposite. Growth comes from discomfort. Your muscles don't grow until you rip them. It just happens. That's the way it works. And so I'm telling you, there's some folks in our church that need to step out of comfort zones and embrace the discomfort and say, God, I'm going to step into this new place that I am so out of my element. I am so out of my comfort zone. But God, if you want me to be here, help me to grow into that position, into that place. And then if someone comes to you, someone criticizes you, corrects you, respond with a good heart. Okay, I'll embrace that. Their attitude wasn't right. They didn't do it the right way, but there's some truth there. I'm going to move forward and grow from that. Embrace these truths of life under the sun. Would you bow your head and close your eyes, please? No one looking around. I know that I've kind of joked about it. This is kind of a negative, darker few messages. But can I tell you, as I studied it, it's been helpful for me to just accept this is the way it is under the sun. But you know what? Though I live my life under the sun, I should be living my life for the Son of God, right? And so living for Jesus Christ makes all these things make sense. That's what we call this whole idea of this lesson is figuring things out, making life make sense. And so I hope this is helpful to you. I hope that this week that you'll embrace the grind of life, the season that you're in, uh, the discomfort that maybe you need to be in, the correction that comes your way. Embrace all these things in your life. In so doing, you'll be able to grow. Heavenly Father, please take your word, apply it to the life of each person here. Thank you for their attendance here. But I pray that they leave here being full of something to think about, something to live out. And Lord, please uh, help us to understand that though we live this life under the sun in a broken world, we serve a perfect and loving Heavenly Father that can make these things make sense. And Lord, we, we love you today. We're grateful for what you've done for us. In your name we pray.